just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Do Go On. Uh, this is the show where we talk about a thing and then we all chat about it as as, as well. I wish I actually am starting to miss Dave. Yeah. <laughs> He's very good at I the mean, opening you, bit. You're doing better, but he is he is much better at it. It's my right hand man, it's Jess Perkins. Hello, Matt Stewart. You didn't choose yourself either. Hi Matt Stewart. Jeez Louise. I know. This is a tricky gig. He's really he's missed. He's to missed. To be honest, I'm playing it up. I'm playing it up, like, just to make Dave, if he's out there listening, I just wanted him to think that we miss him. Uh, I haven't noticed. Uh, I'm right here, guys. Oh! Uh, hiding underneath the table the whole time. Yes, the man with the golden tonsils, as I describe <laughs> myself, is back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Do Go On. I'm going to start the intro again because of Matt's effort there. Jeez, the man with the golden tonsils is peaking the audio there. Well, He's the man a bit too enthusiastic. Well, the man with the golden tonsils was just playing with what he thought was a piece of blue tack on the table, but then mint started coming out of it, and I realised that it's someone's discarded chewing gum. Yeah. Oh. Oh God! Really? Yeah, that's right that's, there. I feel like this is a brand, gone. That's a brand new table. I was going to say this table hasn't been here very long at all. It's the brand new studio. Usually, it's uh, a custom for people to put the gum under the table if they have to dispose of it, but on the table so that I can play with. The only people who've been in here so far: Dave Callan, his sensei, and Auntie Donna. Oh, I blame uh, I sensei. Oh, sensei. I was going Auntie sure. Donna for sure. Interesting. Interesting. We went different the routes there. Version. But okay. Hey, Dave. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, guys. It's so good to be back after how my was um, school. Yeah. Yeah. How did was school? Anything? Oh, uh, sorry. Heil Warnicky. <laughs> well, I did listen to the episodes that were recorded whilst I was away, and let me tell you that I was in no way at any of the Nazi camps that were mentioned about six or seven hundred <laughs> times in the last episode. I was driving my car, going, "No, no, <laughs> no, that no." Not the not Nazi camps, Nazi university. Yeah, there's a difference, Dave. I was in no no Nazi based institutions. <laughs> okay. okay, well that's fine. I mean, agree to disagree. You don't have anything to prove that, but okay. Well, I've got many photos of me with pies all around Europe. <laughs> yeah, you've got your priorities right. That's right. I love that's it. Right. Uh, but it is good to be back. Have you been well? Without 
the golden tonsils. Well, <laughs> stop calling yourself that. It hasn't been the same. I, I, it's it's been nice though because we we have had a couple of guests come on, which has been very nice of them to come and um, come and hang out with us, and and people have really enjoyed their presence. Uh, that I is don't know how that makes you feel. Depressing. Mm. Um, I have had Broden Kelly and Nick Mason killed, so they will Great. they will oh, not okay. be coming back. Fair enough. That means there's an opening in Auntie Donna. Now it's Perkins' time <laughs> to shine. I know I've, all their sketches. I've, I've also killed the other two members no! of Auntie Donna. Just so that there's no possible way they could replace me in the future. Smart. Uh, wow. All right. Smart play. You've got, um, you got to strike first. Yeah. Okay. We need to talk about that after the show maybe, but um, I'm a little bit worried about you now. But um, it, it, <laughs> I did have a bit of time, obviously, away to think about my actions in the last episode I recorded when <laughs> I talked about Riverdance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness, don't bring up that. Totally. I mean, you Je- broke Jess's heart. It's in the past. But you, Jess, I don't think you've mentioned that you actually saw Riverdance <gasps> since that last oh, episode. I haven't actually talked about that. No. I did say it and it was amazing. It was, and I, it, like, I was sitting in the theatre and I'm like, all right, here we go. Whatever. I've seen this before. No big deal. And I think you'd gotten in my head. I was like, this is pretty lame. Like, what is going on here? And then. <laughs> the lights went the lights went down and the music started like got a little bit teary. <laughs> I was like, No, it's still magical. It was great. I really enjoyed it. So you cried at the start? Yeah. <laughs> Always a, a hallmark of a high high piece of art. Normally people don't cry until they realise that it they've paid money to see <laughs> dancing, which normally happens after it starts, but yeah. nah, I'm just that's a joke. I'm not Warner King. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna say completely silent I've smart decision. <sighs> I regret everything I said on that episode. Good thing is I don't think you can really tease me for my topic today. Great. Do you know oh, what I mean? You're not passionately No. You're not passionate about this topic. I'm not passionate about this topic. It's fascinating. Is it from the hat? It is from the hat. Yes. That gets you excited, Matt. Of course it does. I the hat is so full. We need to work well, through I, the hat. I don't, I don't remember the time we haven't... Oh, Riverdance wasn't in the hat. But apart from that, Plain recently... Spotting wasn't. Okay. Not well played. two of the yep. last three. No, never mind. Sorry. Yep. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, yeah, stupid point, on. Perkins. Stupid point. But I mean, we didn't We didn't allow Broden to put his hand in the hat. No, well, yeah, You can't see the hat. No, you can't see I don't that. know where his hands have been. Dirty I know boy. where mine have been on, on Broden's chewing gums. But my hands do smell minty fresh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's quite quite a balance between disgusting it, and beautiful. It really does look like blue tack, though. It does. It does. I reckon it is. Um, yeah, I'm not tack. convinced. It's minty blue tack. Yeah. Minty is that a blue. thing? That can be a thing. Sure is. Hey, so Dave, I don't know if uh, you, you might be a bit rusty, but we normally kick off the show with a bit of a question mm-hmm. by oh. the report writer, and that that's going to have something to do with the topic at hand. Yeah. And then we, you and I will deliberate, we'll answer, I'll probably get it right, and mm-hmm. you'll probably fumble about like a little Nazi fool. And Hang then on. We'll... Go on. No, do go on. <laughs> and then we'll get cracking on the show. That's how it works. <clears throat> you have been away a couple of weeks, so it's good to have you back. Mm. It's good I, to be back. I feel calmer in, in your presence. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the captain of the ship is back. Yeah. The, the Titanic. Dad's back is what yeah, I'm saying. Dad's, dad's back. back. Dad's back. Good to have you back. <laughs> but dad. does he, this dad have golden tonsils? Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> golden tonsil boy. <laughs> Little golden boy. Golden boy. <laughs> tonsil dad. <laughs> <laughs> reporting oh. for duty as your captain. <laughs> I meant to think the captain came in reporting for duty. <laughs> Everyone's like, no. You don't have to report. We report to we you. We report to you. <laughs> well, very well. Very good. Very good. Go on. I didn't, uh, I didn't write a question. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Well, you because could have used that fluff time there that Matt and I created. I could have, yes. But instead I thought, no, I'm going to be honest with our listeners because they're our friends. Mm. And uh, I will, No, I lied, to my, I lied to the listeners. I will be honest and say I uh, this one's been put together rather frantically and recently. So... So a little change, a little change up. Yeah, there. normally I, I really put so much effort in. But you know what's interesting is that nobody ever like corrects us. And I don't mean to invite that. Don't. But I would have thought, considering... It's, it is surprising that we've never had even... Like, we've only ever had one person complain that we, you got a date wrong about the Beatles yeah. early on. But Apart from that... 49 episodes, people... I honestly thought that we would get every week about 10 people going, well, actually, it was October the 7th, yeah. not the 8th. Well, actually, it was this person Well, that you did know this. why that is, though. It's because we're bloody bang on every time. That's yeah, it. that's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. We... We are inviting it now, aren't we? But I think our listeners are just on board with the fact that we're just like telling a story-ish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We you don't know? claim to be a professor in, no, in the field. No, I'm not like, don't use this for you. I mean, you are a professor assignments. of podcasting, aren't you? Right. Yeah. Uh, doctor, doctor, doctor of podcasting. podcasting. So, well, if I, if I do my time, I could work my way up to be a professor. professor. I would have thought, is professor above doctor? Oh, definitely. Really? Yeah, at a university, you become associate professor and then you become full professor. Oh, hello. Hmm. Wowzers. And when do you become a doctor at university? Once you've done your doctorate, which you do before you're a professor, that's I understand. Right. But then okay. after a professor, you become a mister. No, that's not true. It's like, you know, a surgeon. <laughs> Surgeons. And then you become a master. And then, then you become a pilot. And you <laughs> become a small child. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Button the, style. And the cycle, yeah. cycle starts again. So pilot, I was a pilot in my teen years. So that's yeah. I was just working backwards in my... yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the circle of tertiary education. <laughs> anyway, the question, gentlemen, is who is the creepiest man in American history? H.H. <laughs> <laughs> H. Oh H. H. Holmes. No, we've already done him. The, Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the creepiest. Thinking, creepiest. Thinking more along. Not... Are they a serial killer? Because we get a lot of serial oh, killer suggestions. Serial killer. Oh, no. The, t- the Zodiac nodding. killer? I just realised I was nodding on a podcast. It's actually very disturbing how many people tweet in saying, do more serial killer episodes. <laughs> like it's, I'd say probably 20 different people have requested serial killer topics. I agree that that's disturbing, but then I was like, yes, because this is a topic I wrote down when we started this podcast that I wanted to do. And I was like, it's a bit dark. I don't know if I can do it. And then somebody's put it in the hat. I'm like, well, <laughs> got to give the, the people Zo- what they Zodiac want. Killer? It's not the Zodiac killer. Is it? Uh, uh, let's think of the famous one. John Wayne Gacy. No. I'm out. Thinking, thinking a little bit culty as well. Culty. Oh, the guy. Oh, Charles Manson. Boom. Oh, and he's got he's got uh, your swastikas stickers on his head, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Tattooed on his head. Yeah, yeah that's just true. Just like Davey Warnock. I do not have a swastika tattooed anywhere on my body. It's on his butt. <laughs> it's not on my butt. It's in his butt. It's in his butt. I only get tattoos as cute things like zebras. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit cute. Um, Nazi zebras. Nazi zebras. Charles Manson. Wow. Charles Manson. Um. I, I've always been a little bit fascinated by Charles Manson. I mean, I think a lot of people are. It's sort of like a lot of serial killers. No, I must admit that I am fascinated by serial killers, but then yeah. I lie awake at night going, why did I read that entire exactly. wiki article? Exactly. And any type of... Uh, and just this one's so interesting because he created this cult following. And you just... Oh, I'm always so fascinated with how somebody can have that level of charm and convince people to sort of believe them and follow them and do I awful think, things for them. I think it just comes naturally to some people. For example, the man with the golden <laughs> tonsils. I would not kill anybody for you. Really? What if they were harming me? What if they're harming you? Thank you. Good. I'd defend you because you'd need it, damsel. Matt, distress. would you kill for me? Uh, what's the scenario? 
Somebody's uh, trying to hurt him. I just him. said, can you kill for me? <laughs> no. Uh, probably not. No. Uh, oh. Well, I mean, what have, have I had some drinks? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you've mate, had like you've I had mean, a couple of beers of footy. Gonna, you're I'm very suggestible after <laughs> a few drinks. Are so. you paying him? Because Matt oh, and I are both quite yeah, broke I'm at the moment. Super, super poor. So is there money up for grabs or old money bags, so golden tonsils y- over y- there? You're advertising your services as a hitman. No, I'm just asking for uh, the more context in the situation where you're asking us to murder for you. Yeah. I don't think it's re- you're not really a cult leader. You have to pay. That's the difference. I think. Ah, okay. If you yep, don't have to pay. Oh, you're you won't. Nah, I'm not following you in a cult. Yeah, Dave. I'm so sorry, Dave. You are no Charles Manson. Sorry, oh. buddy. Well, in many ways, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should be. Um, this one was suggested by uh, Corey Cavender. It was at Caveman Curry on Twitter. So thanks, Corey. <laughs> Caveman Curry. Caveman Curry. That sounds delicious. It does, doesn't it? Cavender? I'm sorry if I said that wrong, Corey. Um, so thank you for suggesting. Thank you, Corey. You sick bastard. Thank you, Corey. No, it's awesome because like I said, this is one of the first things I wrote down in my little notes. So when we invited you to be part of the podcast, you instantly thought, Charles Manson, not an excuse to research him. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, this is- I got a message from Matt Stewart. What's this? A podcast. Charles Manson. No, it wasn't quite that quick. But, but- is it like a passion for you like Riverdance no! is? Charles Manson and no, the Manson family? No, it's not a passion. You did. Your first topic was the Beatles, right? And, yes. And this is a little, it's like some little Beatles yeah, relation here. Which I wasn't actually fully aware of. I'd heard bits, but um, it's interesting that it does sort of tie in. So, yeah, there you go. Beatles kind of ties in with everything. That's true. But also, what, that what about the Beach Boys? We're going to talk the about The Beach them. Boys, yes. The Beach Boys are mentioned. Very cool. There's, um, he, oh, it, it's a, he's a strange and um, terrifying person. So, um, this one's going to be nice and light and super fun. Great. Um, good luck finding some comedy in this one, boys. But it's not my fault. I'm the presenter. Corey's fault. Thanks, Corey. Bye. Um, Caveman Curry. So I'll start with a little bit of, of a backstory of Charles Manson. Maybe we can have a look into, you know, the psychology of this person. I'm sure. We can... I think you're about to tell us he had a great childhood. I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, that's what's weird. He had like heaps of siblings and they all had a great time. He had an excellent education, um, loving parents. I'm lying, Dave. Oh. You cannot pick sarcasm sometimes. Is any of that true? Your little face is just like... But, well, but, wh- but why would they lie? <laughs> And none of that is true. So he was born in 1934 to an unmarried 16-year-old named Kathleen Maddox um, in Ohio, where a lot of our our yes. listeners are from. Most of our listeners are from. Yeah, shout out to Ohio. Hi, Ohio. Um, where all the great serial killers of history have been if, born. Just if any of you were also born at the General Hospital in Cincinnati, um, congrats. You're in the same hospital as Charles Manson. So add that to your resume. Um, Imagine if you put that on the resume. Yeah. In brackets. Same hospital. Charlie Manson was born here. No big deal. Whatever. Pretty cool. I should, I should be the Do CEO of call your company. Him Charlie Manson, or have you just given him a cute nickname? No, people. Uh, well, Dave tends to sympathize with his kind of people. People. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. People jokingly do call him Charlie Manson. Right. Not jokingly. If your name's Charles, I'm sure you'll get called Charlie. It's a very good joke. It's a good joke. It's like how I get called Jess. Hilarious. Oh, that is good. Well, my name's Jessica. If you were a, a I get scary, it. Yeah, scary yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> if you were a scary person, it might be a little funnier. Oh, okay. So Charlie's kind of endearing. Context is all. Okay, no, fair enough. But originally, though, he was named No Name Maddox. He wasn't named for a while. Oh. Um, is that the default no? Is that the no def- name? I don't know. Well, I, d- I don't think she wrote down on his birth certificate no name, but he was. Would, they would Home have, brand. In the hospital, they probably <laughs> would just called them Baby Maddox or No Name or something, you know? Anyway, um, and within a few weeks, he was named Charles Miles Maddox. Um, Maddox so, is a nice name. Maddox is cool. Um, for one, a pi- one of the 
Brangelina's kids. Ah, oh, yes, very good. Oh, topical. Well, that's right. Bloody, oh, I tell you what, if they can't make it work, none of us can. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. Going to stay single and lonely forever, I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah. It's the only way to know. So you're going to start telling relatives at, at family gatherings? Yeah. So yeah. you're still single, Jess? Brangelina didn't work out, so yes. Yeah, like, yes, Auntie right. Rose. Of course I am. God, stop asking. <laughs> How about you just assume and I'll tell you when it's not the case? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for a period after Charles's birth, his mother was married to a labourer named William Manson. So that's where he got his surname, Manson. Um, his biological father, it's kind of disputed, um, but it appears to be <laughs> Colonel Walker Scott. Um, but again, he never knew his biological father and there's been uh, uh, like arguments as to who his real father was. So we're not 100% sure. I feel like, I feel like uh, Colonel... Walker Scott probably would have said, no, nah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Because he's like shaggy. Um, but if he'd become a billionaire, he probably would have said he was Yeah, he's my mine. Son. Yeah, he's mine. Yep. It's funny, though, isn't it? That's my boy. That's funny. Mm. That's funny. I mean, I think that's my, funny. most fatherless children either go one way or the other. Billionaire, serial killer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's usually the true? case. That's true. Is. is that a fact? That is 100% fact. Okay. Mm. So like the um, dispute about his father, there's um, a lot of his early life um, that we don't have a lot of answers for because of the varying stories that he's offered in interviews over the years. So nobody really knows exactly what his sort of situation was. Um, His mother was allegedly a heavy drinker and based on like, you know, future things that sort of happened, that kind of makes sense. But um, (laughs) no, just because like he spent a lot of time in foster care and in and out of juvenile hall and stuff like that. So um, she wasn't great. She wasn't a great mum because apparently once she sold her son for a pitcher of beer to a childless waitress. (laughs) A picture of beer? Picture. (laughs) (laughs) How disappointing would that be? I'll trade you for that beer, all right? Brings it over. Oh, it's a photo. (laughs) Not again. Not again. (laughs) Got to have another one. Every time for a jug of beer, Matthew. Um, Uh, What happened to the... Did he stay with the waitress? No, his his uncle had to go and get him a few days later. But he still stayed with the waitress for a few days because mum was like, free beer. Yeah, all right. Mum's at home going, good trade. <laughs> yeah, good trade. Worth it. Do that again in a second. Beer never nags me. Um, so it's pretty bad. So his mother and her brother were sentenced to five years imprisonment for robbing a service station in West Virginia in 1939 by brandishing a ketchup bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I... Stand back or I'll squirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a squeezy bottle. It's not even glass. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, no, I'm wearing white. <laughs> no. I've got to go to work after this. Um... I'm already at work. I work at the service station. <laughs> so they, they went to... they were um, Five years is a bit much. Like, surely the judge would laugh that one out of court. Well, I, I... Is that rubbing? Like, Well, if they got away with stuff. Uh, who knows? I they may have had other weapons, but they certainly had a ketchup bottle. I think in this situation, the least the oh, less for- you know, the better. They forgot to mention that she was holding a hand grenade. Yeah, as well, <laughs> hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Which his, hand his... grenade at a petrol station is a pretty dangerous combo, yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Add good sauce point. in there. That is Oof. a good point. I like to think that maybe she ordered a meat pie and then they asked her to pay for sauce, and that was a little mm. too much. No, fair enough. She too. grabbed her own bottle hate, off the shelf. I hate paying for sauce. It's ridiculous. Bloody bullshit. But I mean, what? why is that bullshit? It's like you pay for everything else. But it should come with the sauce. 
So you should, it should just be factored in. Oh, I really, but then, thought, yeah, factor I really it in. thought you'd be on side here. Yeah, Matt, you're such an Aussie bloke. You're such an Aussie bloke. You're a battler. You should be like... You should get yeah. as much sauce as you want, mate. Sure, but you're I mean... You're a drover. Why, why, why are we paying for your sauce? Yeah. Who's well, we? Those, okay, well, I don't think those... Who's ta- we? You ta- don't have the sauce. The taxpayers. The taxpayers. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm very of, conservative. There's a rebate from the government on sauce. Anyway. It does feel like if someone doesn't want sauce right, so they have to... They just factor that 10 cents into the price, and then everyone's paying for sauce either way. But you don't want sauce. No, but it's never 10 cents. It's usually like 30 or 50 yeah. cents. What oh. I think they should have is those communal bottles. I'm so okay nah, with the communal bottles. I don't bottles. like the communal nah, bottles. I'm, I'm yeah, because you hate sharing, you bloody nah, right-wing nah, bastard. <laughs> no <laughs> sauce for anyone. really picked a weird character today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird that you're against this. <laughs> yeah. Usually you're like, no, nah, fuck the patriarchy. And it's me that turns <laughs> on things. But you've turned on sauce. And also the little packages are like way shitter for the environment than a communal bottle. So that's what I'm about. So now you're fuck the, the environment, environment and, and pay fuck up. you commies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Commies. Free sauce is quite communist. It really is. Yeah. Sauce for all. Anyway, can I go on? Sure. <laughs> Text in what you think. <laughs> yeah. Free sauce. So- hashtag free sauce. Is this a problem overseas? In Ohio, do you have sauce? Ketchup? Do you, if you get a hot dog. Nice. Good should, you, should you pay for sauce? T- ketchup. Ketchup, sorry. You, yeah, they've been Googling what tomato sauce means over in America. Like, what, what, is sauce? what does tomato sauce mean in America? That's ketchup is a more fun word. Ketchup's a bit different to our tomato sauce anyway. Oh, is it? Ketchup's yeah, like a bit more sweeter. vinegary and sort of, yeah, it's ah. good. It's good. Tomato sauce is, I mean, it's the best thing that's ever existed, but. <laughs> I'm, dr- I'm drinking a little cup of it now. Anyway, so. Mum's in prison. Um, oh, he- and sorry right to hear that, and Jess. Rightfully so. Well, rightfully actually, so. No, I don't think she should be in prison. <laughs> sorry to hear that, Jess. <laughs> my mum's in prison. Can I go on with the podcast? No, my mum is a, is a saint. Annie would never do anything that would put her in prison. Also, if she went to prison, oh my God, she'd be someone's bitch within seconds. Wow. And probably like willingly. She'd be like, do you want me to wash your socks for you? Like, Can I help you? She's so lovely. You have a strange misunderstanding of what prison bitch means. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Yeah. No, she'd probably be like everybody's, I really don't want to imagine the situation because, as I said, she's a delight. Um, Now, when Manson's mum was paroled from prison that she was in, unlike my mum, who's an angel, um, she was paroled in 1942. Um, She retrieved her son from the aunt and uncle that he was living with, and and she lived with him in a series of run-down hotel rooms. Um, Manson himself later remembered her physical embrace of him on the day she returned from prison as his sole happy childhood memory. The only, got one. The only good memory he has is the hug when his mum got out of prison. Oh, boy. What about, I, I imagine it would cost a lot more to live in several, even shit hotels and just rent in one small apartment. Okay, Dave. I Financially, mean, there's a lot of questions here. <laughs> and if people had free source... There wouldn't be any Charles Mansons in the world. That's all I'm saying. Wow. 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 There's a real mic drop on that one. I mean, you can't drop the mic because they're attached to the table. and Well, re- I could, re- could, could pull a Broden Kelly and rip it off. <laughs> yeah, which one was that? It was this one, wasn't it? It's the one I'm at because there's a hole there. Fucking Kelly. That will be invoicing you, mate. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, in 1947, Kathleen Maddox tried to have her son placed in a foster home, but failed because no such home was available. 
So, oh, so she was trying. Usually, was trying- it's people trying to take them away. Yeah, but she's like, I can't take. I don't know the reason why, but let's assume she was like, I can't take care of him. She's trying to put him in foster home. There's nowhere available. There's nobody can can take him. So well, just- I think she-, she wanted them to also have beer involved in the trade somehow. Probably. And, the- and they're like, no, that's not how it works. Child services were not up for that. So he was placed in a um, a school for boys in Indiana, and uh, after ten months, he fled there to be with his mother, but she rejected him. Oh my god! Um, yeah. So he's only this is nineteen forty seven, and he's only like thirteen, thirteen at this oh point. Oh my god! Mm. So then he burglarizes a liquor store, and that way he sort of gets some money to rent a room. And he commits a string of burglaries of other stores. Using what weapon? Um, oh, look, who knows? Mustard. It's, it's, <laughs> it's burglaries. Colonel not... Mustard in the study with the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> um, he stole a bicycle and he was eventually caught in the act and sent to an Indianapolis uh, juvenile centre. He escaped after one day but was recaptured in pl- and placed in Boys Town, which is like a, again, like a boys home. Sounds like a boy band. I know, I thought that too. Boys and then Town. it made me look up Boys Town, Boy Town, which was the Australian Oh, that's right, there film. was a film called Boy Town. Yeah, I looked that up. And Mick Malloy. Mick Malloy, Bob Franklin. Wayne Hope. Ah, oh, so good. Very good. Very fun. So I was watching that um, trailer on YouTube for a bit and then I went back to researching. So <clears throat> check that out if you want to. It's pretty... Funny. Or don't. <laughs> okay. I saw it at the movies. I remember. Did you? Was yeah. it good? Yeah, at the time I really enjoyed it. Was, was, was it? Was about, it's like 12 years ago or something. Right. So I can't yeah, really remember ago, it that yeah, well. Yeah. I remember it, but it wasn't, I don't think it was well loved by the critics. Because it was kind of oh, the follow up to Cracker Jack. film not loved by the critics. Cracker Jack was, uh, went off, right? Everyone loved it. Cracker Jack was good. Yeah. But and then I think people were disappointed by Boytown, but I can't. I can't remember. With that cast, how could you go wrong? I love Wayne Hope so much. Yeah, Wayne Hope is very funny. Oh, Wayne Hope's great. They're all great. Bob yeah. Franklin. Oh, look, that's all of them. The man, the legend. Yeah, totally. Anyway, um, four days after he arrived at Boys Town, not the band, um, <laughs> he escaped with another boy, and the pair committed two armed robberies on their way to the home of the other boy's uncle. So they're like. Hey, let's just go stay at my uncle's place. Do you want to rob some stuff on the way? Yeah, all right. Um, so they were caught during the second of the um, break-ins. It was at a grocery store. And Manson was sent to the Indiana Boys School where he would later claim that he was sexually and physically abused. So he's not having a great time um, in life. He's only 13 still. Um, after many failed attempts, he escaped with two other boys in 1951. So by now he's 17. Um, in Utah, the three were caught driving to California in cars that they'd stolen. Um, well, they've got a convoy. They don't get into one. Yeah, they, they get into three. Maybe there's two cars. They drive, I don't know. They drive like side by side. <laughs> it's pretty easy to get, to get pulled over. Yeah, it's like, you can't, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, mm. okay, sorry. Um, so they'd robbed, robbed several petrol stations along the way. Um, now, for the federal crime of taking a stolen car across a state line, Manson was sent to Washington, D.C.'s National Training School for Boys. Um, and despite having like four years of schooling and an IQ of 109, when he was tested later, um, 109 being pretty average, like a fairly good intelligence not incredible, but not... Is 100 average? Is that right? Is that how the scale works? I think so. I googled like 100 and IQ of 109 and that's it's pretty average. Pretty normal. He has been accepted into many schools. So yeah. Many schools. Been... They're not the nicest schools. They're like juvenile centres. 
but there's still schools. And several boy band academies. Mm. So he's clearly yeah, very talented. He's got that. But uh, what they're saying is despite like having not much schooling and but still having an okay IQ, he was illiterate. Um, and oh, a, a, so he's kind of choosing not to learn, really. Yeah, well, I suppose like nobody really paid attention to him to teach him. Oh, don't sympathise with him, Jess. No, I don't care. Oh, oh. How could you not so far? Yeah, Fucking it's pretty hell. horrible oh, so yeah. far. No, but because like, we know what he goes on to do, I, I shouldn't well, really I be like, I what a poor know. kid. Um, anyway, a, a caseworker deemed him aggressively antisocial. And I kind of looked up um, antisocial personality disorder. It's a personality disorder characterized by a pervasive pattern of disregard for or violation of the rights of others. Um, so it's like um, no sense, uh, moral sense or conscious is often apparent, as well as a history of crime, legal problems, and or impulsive and aggressive behavior. So that kind of makes sense. So, okay, not given a fuck. No, no fucks given. Um, <laughs> that was the di- my diagnosis. No, no fucks given. given. And he puts on his sunnies. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It drives away. <laughs> um, in October of 1951, on a psychiatrist's recommendation, Manson was transferred to Natural Bridge Honor Camp, which was a minimum security institution. Oh, I know. He's graduating with honours. Wow. Yep. Um, give, they give these places quite nice names. We'll say like Academy. Yeah, they sound nice. Honor Institute. But Camp, really, it's, yeah. it's a jail. It's, yeah. it's, a minimum, it's a minimum security institution, yeah. And hasn't he escaped like 12 times? Why is he in minimum security? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Is he going to get away again? Uh, well, less than a month before a scheduled um, parole hearing, one of the boys there apparently took a razor blade and held it against another boy's throat while Manson sexually assaulted him. So he's got a month before he's paroled. Uh. Mm-hmm. And he attacked somebody in the prison. So he was then transferred to the Federal uh, Reformatory in Virginia where he was considered dangerous. Oh, do you reckon? Do you reckon he might be a bit dangerous? We could have maybe picked up on that a little while ago. Okay. <laughs> maybe don't put him in minimum security. Um, uh, he was then in September of 52, so like a bit later that year, um, he'd had a number of serious disciplinary offences and so they transferred him again t- uh, to a different federal uh, reformatory in Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Back to Ohio. Whoop, whoop. That's right. Maybe you've been to the same reformatory. Hey, mm. tweet in. <laughs> Boytown Academy for Excellence. <laughs> um, it was a more secure institution, so a bit more high security. So like is... the paparazzi can't come in and take photos yeah. of the young... Young superstars of tomorrow. Just while he's trying to exactly, learn. Jazz, tap and ballet. Yeah, he's got classes, guys. Triple threat. He's, <laughs> you got to be. He's quite triple threatening <laughs> to other people oh. in the prison. Oh, boy. <coughs> now, that's interesting, though, is about a month after the transfer, he became almost a model resident. Like, he, he behaved himself. So, he so had, he started modelling as well. He started modelling. Wow, he's amazing. Quadruple threat. He's so, got it all. <laughs> He's got the look. <laughs> what, how, sorry, how has he transformed? Uh, he had just had good work habits. Um, he, there was a rise in his educational level from like a lower fourth grade sort of level to seventh grade. Um, in one month? In a couple of years. All right, sorry. Um, meant that a couple of years later in 1954, he was granted parole. So he's now 20 and he's finally out. So he spent most of his like childhood in and out of foster homes, family homes, and institutions. Right. Um, so he temporarily 
so the parole condition was that he had to live with his aunt and uncle in West Virginia, and he, he did that for a while um, until eventually he moved in with his mother, who was um, also in West Virginia. Um, and in 1955, he married a hospital uh, waitress named Rosalie Jean Willis, with whom, by his own account, he found genuine, if short-lived, marital happiness. So he's happy, he's married, he supported their marriage via small-time jobs and auto theft, but they had jobs. <laughs> and theft. And sold some cars. Oh, no, Charlie. Um, and around October, about three months after he and his pregnant wife had arrived in Los Angeles in a car he had stolen in Ohio, he was again charged with the federal crime of taking a vehicle across state lines. Um, but after a psychiatric evaluation, he was given five years probation. So it's like you're not going to prison, but you've just got to behave yourself. Um, but he failed to appear at a Los Angeles hearing on an identical charge filed in Florida so then he's arrested in Indianapolis. It's just a mess. Um, his probation's revoked. He's sentenced to three years imprisonment at Terminal Island in California. Terminal Island. Does that sound fun to you, Dave? That one sounds less fun. I've got to say, <laughs> I gotta say Terminal Island. You couldn't even call it a boy band album, that. No, you could. Terminal Island. NSYNC, Terminal Island. Oh, it's not terrible, maybe? actually. Do you think? Yeah, I'd listen to that. <laughs> ba, ba, I feel like ba. maybe the the bad boy of the boy band, like his hometown could be Terminal Island yeah. in his fictional backstory. Yeah, yeah that works. Um, otherwise, not so good. Mm. While, uh, while Charles is in prison, Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr., during his first <laughs> year. Not a good name. Bet he changes his name. Yep. Um, first year at Terminal Island. Um, and they visit and his mum visits because, um, you know, his wife and mother are living together in Los Angeles. Um, in March of 1957, when the visits from his wife stopped, um, his mum informed him that Rosalie was living with another man. And less than two weeks before a parole hearing, Manson tried to escape by stealing a car. <laughs> he was... How did he try to escape... Okay, he escaped and stole a car somehow. So then he's given five years probation and his pr- parole's denied. So every time it gets close to him getting out, he acts out, which is a little bit strange. Um, he, it's almost like he doesn't want to leave Terminal Island. Yeah, or well, there was... I mean, such a such a great place. Also, it'd be very difficult to drive a car off an island, I imagine. I'm picturing it like a fun fair, like a... You know, like Coney Island or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, I thought I had it written down, but there was uh, there was some sort of point where uh, I don't remember exactly where it was, but he did ask to stay. Yeah, right. So that and must they be nice. That. He must have enjoyed r- running the roller coaster. Terminal. That's where you go to at a, like to to leave somewhere, right? You go to the terminal. Yeah, like yeah. airports, terminal ferry four. terminals. Doesn't want to leave the terminal. That's fair enough. I like terminals sometimes. It's you, fun. There's some good cafes there. Yeah, I associate them with it good times. It would feel like you're constantly about to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm about to leave this terminal. And it's all about, you know, like the anticipation. That's what life's all about in mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. Yeah. I, get why he's, I get why he's into that. Oh, this is the saddest story I've ever heard. It's pretty sad. <laughs> no, it's a good, good for a comedy podcast. I though, feel like hey. it's going to get better before it gets worse. I mean, the other way around. <laughs> So, finally, he receives five years parole in September of 1958, which is the same year that Rosalie um, filed for divorce from him. By November, (laughs) he was pimping a 16-year-old girl and was receiving additional support from a girl with wealthy parents. So He must be very charming, I must say. He must be. He must be. It's uh, terrifying. 
It's so creepy. Was he good looking when he's younger? Because no. I only see him looking crazy. Oh, as yeah, a, but that's like the thing. He's got the crazy eyes. He's got like dead oh. eyes. And like, how do you not pick up on that? How do you go, ooh. <laughs> Just don't look him in the face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh he's dreamy. No, he's, he's terrifying. Nightmarish. Yeah. Look, look at his legs go. Jazz, Tap and Bella. What a combo. <laughs> Um, he received a 10-year suspended sentence uh, after he pleaded guilty to a charge of attempting to cash a forged check. That's a long suspended sentence. 10-year suspended sentence, I you know. You get given 10 years and then they're like, no, we'll suspend that. Well, they, they suspended it because a young woman with an arrest record for prostitution made a tearful plea before the court that she and Manson were deeply in love and would marry if Charlie was freed. Oh. So that kind like, of stuff only happened in movies. I know, so they're like, oh, well, if he wants to get married, we can't let yeah, him go to prison. Just so fucking weird, right? So, um. <laughs> the the judge is a. He loved love. Hey, who doesn't? <laughs> it's true. Love must prevail. Who doesn't? Love conquers all. So, before the year's end, she did marry him, possibly so testimony against him would not be required of her, like, later, because you can't testify against your spouse. Oh. What? Can't you? No, I'm sure you can. I don't I'd know. like to. Marry everyone. <laughs> then no, my Dave. Could say anything. No, Dave. You can't do that. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> also, what are people going to say about? What are you? What are you hiding? I don't know. I just want. I just want to know that I'm covered. <laughs> what do you mean? What is he hiding? He's a Nazi. Oh, oh no! Stop that. <laughs> it used to be Im- implied that you thought I was some sort of Nazi. <laughs> now you just say it to my face, and I will not sit here and take that from you. I'm in no way a Nazi supporter of Nazi ideology or a fan of anything Nazis have ever done. Right. Oh, that's weird. Just to set the record straight. It's, it feels very strange that I have to publicly say this. But Hitler no wasn't one, that bad, was no he, No one Dave? else has to come out and say, I'm not into Nazism. I have to do that because of you two. Well, because you said that Hitler wasn't that bad. Yeah. Wasn't... If, go back and listen to what I say. <laughs> it's an early episode... We're just working out who we were as people. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm still not sure. What do I? That, there was no context. You just came out of nowhere and said, look, <laughs> guys, I've got to get this off my chest. <laughs> we're talking about the Hitler Beatles. Wasn't Hitler that wasn't bad. that bad. Welcome to Do Go On. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my name's Dave Warnicke. Hitler wasn't that uh, bad. <laughs> you know my, <laughs> my new catchphrase. <laughs> the man with the golden tonsils. Cowabunga. Hitler wasn't that bad. <laughs> Oh no! Okay. I love how you're not even giving it the context anymore. You're just like, go listen to it. Yeah, go because because it, I sound if I dispute it too much, I sound like she doth protest too much. Hmm? Does that make sense to you, Matt? What? No, it doesn't. Highbrow. No. no, I think it's, I think that um, Shakespeare quote is actually um, misinterpreted now <laughs> over the years. So yeah. how you how you said it then isn't quite right, but that's okay. You're a young fella. You'll you'll find your way. Do you want to correct me then, please? No. Go look go look it up yourself. Hmm. For a wise old man, he doesn't like to share his wisdom, does he? He does not. He does not. Oh, it's uh, just a pile on everybody today. Yeah. And Ma- and do me, next? do me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess has an IQ of 108 less than Charles Manson. Oh! Yes. I wonder what mine would be. <gasps> Can we do IQ tests and find out if we're smarter than Charles Manson? Oh, my God. So I'd actually like to, but I'd also be afraid that I'd be a lot dumber than I think. Yeah. I reckon let's do it. Let's do it. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... Not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing, more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get mani pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something. What it? But it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organize your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Anyway, I'll, I'll go on. So the woman that he married, her name was Leona. And as a prostitute, she'd use the name Candy Stevens. Candy, oh, great name. Stevens is very um, sexy and ori- unoriginal, i got to say. You start with Candy. You should be like Candy Good Times <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> good Times. Um, now, after Manson took her and another woman from California to New Mexico for purposes of prostitution, he was held and questioned for violation of the Mann Act, which is like White Slave Traffic Act. So they questioned him for that, but he was released. But he sort of suspected correctly that the investigation hadn't hadn't ended, like that they would they would be wanting to ask more questions. So he disappeared in violation of his probation, um, and a warrant was issued. And when one of the women was arrested for prostitution, Manson was re- returned to L.A. and for violation of his probation on the cash checking uh, the check cashing charge, he was ordered to serve his ten year sentence. Um, so then he's released on the 21st of March in 1967 and he received permission to move to San Francisco where, um, with the help of a prison acquaintance, he moved into an apartment in uh, Berkeley. And in prison, he'd met a bank robber, Alvin Carpus, and Alvin had taught him to play the steel guitar. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe that's how he gets all the ladies because... He knows the steel guitar. He can play guitar. Um, so he soon gets to know uh, a lady called Mary Brunner, 
who's a 23-year-old graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, she was working as a library assistant at the University of California, and Manson moved in with her. Well, she sounds so innocent. She does. Like she's a library assistant. She's she's a graduate. Is she bookish? Well, yeah. I thought she'd she's be pretty bookish. bookish. Um, so he moves in with her, and according to a second-hand account, um, he he overcame her resistance to his bringing other women in to live with them. So she's kind of like, well, I thought maybe just you and I could live in my place. And he's like, nah, let's bring other people in. And before well, long... Overcame that resistance, like like it's some sort of triumph. Yeah, yeah, bullying people. Yeah, that's right. Before long, they were just sharing her place with 18 other women, so... 18 other women? Mm-hmm. How did, I don't understand, like, the logistics of that seem out of control. So bunk beds? How many beds are there? Yeah. I don't know. What Dave. about the John? There's, there'd be a line at all times. At all times. At all times. We always have to line up. Oh, we. Women. women. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant you were in the house. You were one of the 18 <laughs> or 19 women. No, women. Women always have to line up. I live in a house with one other person. I still have to line up for the toilet all the time. Do you just, someone's constantly in someone's there. Someone's always in there. And there's only one other person living there. Yeah, we just have to pee at the same time. I'm Your kidding again, Dave. <laughs> how many... Yeah. How many... Women, have you been overcame to invite into your house? <laughs> yeah, we do have a guest with us. So there's one other person living in my house at the moment who does Ooh, not always live there. Who's the guest? Uh, my friend Libby. Her friend, Deb's friend Libby. Oh, See, it starts with Deb's one. Overcome. Starts with one. Yeah. You'll come home tonight. There'll be 17 no, other women in then your bed. Libby's boyfriend was there for a while too. So oh. there's two other people. You've been overrun. Oh my God, I'm being mad. <laughs> I'm being Manson. <laughs> By like letting guests stay in my house, I'm being Manson. That's how it, that's that's what a Mansoning is. That's how they get you. I don't think it is what a Mansoning is. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's not so what he was known for. Yeah, that's that, that's what he's known for, right? From so far. Yep. Um, so he teaches his followers, they're his followers now, that they were the reincarnation of the original Christians. Um and the Romans were the establishment. He's anti-establishment. So, but they're fighting an against anti-Roman. Mm. What an empire that fell a thousand years Reincarnations ago. Reincarnations of Dave. Oh, so he's grabbing bits and pieces from a few places. Yeah, there. he's also had like a lot of Scientology background as well. Um, he has. Yeah, he himself strongly impri- implied that he was Christ. He often told a story. <laughs> he didn't say it straight out though. <laughs> yeah. Just hey, strongly implied it. Hello, Mister Man. Are you Christ? Some say. <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm not, hey. I'm not saying no. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then just keeps walking around in a robe. Just answer the question. <laughs> um, he often told a story envisioning himself on the cross with the nails in his feet and hands. So the implication is pretty strong. Um, and sometime around 1967, he began using the alias Charles Willis Manson. And he often said it very slowly, like, Charles Will is man's son. Oh, great, Implying great that work. his will was just, the same as the son of man. I can just imagine when he was in bed and thought of that. He, <laughs> he, he got up in the middle of the night to write that down. No, he got up in the middle of the night forgot. to applaud himself. Yeah. Wait, do you think Followers, wake up. You've done it, Manson. So if his mum didn't hook up with that Manson guy, maybe this all could have been avoided. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if, they, well, if she fault. hooked up with um really good guy, Gary, really good guy, then he would have been... See, now I'm Charles... Will is really good guy. Everyone, let's go for free lunch on me. <laughs> and then we're going to pick up some rubbish on the highway, free of charge. Not as a punishment, as a reward Yay. for living on this beautiful earth. What about... Thanks, earth. But 
you could draw the fact that you got to thank dear. Um, you got to. Maybe, <laughs> may, well, he never knew who his father was. Maybe it was an immaculate conception. Allah, oh. Jesus H. Christ. What's the H stand for? In Horatio. Horatio. Is that true? Yes. How do you not know that? Jesus' middle name was Horatio. Look, I've got no religious background, so I you have no so idea if you're joking. You are so gullible around. today. <laughs> it could be. No, no it, it couldn't. couldn't <laughs> I feel like you would have known that. Yeah, I don't know where that. I don't think there is a middle H name. I, I think I don't know where that saying yeah. comes from. <laughs> I th- are you thinking of William H Macy? Yeah, is that what you think of? <laughs> Sorry, that I get was, I get that, that always happens. It was because when Jesus uh, wanted to join the Actors Guild in America, um, and there was already, there was a already Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you had to add the H. And yeah. all the good ones do have a middle initial. Yeah, That's Samuel a L Jackson, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Counts. <laughs> I'll accept that. I'm really proud and of juniors that. as well. There's a juniors. lot of juniors. Mm-hmm. Like the Iron Man is a junior. Charles Manson Jr. Charles Manson. He's a very also famous in the actor. Acting <laughs> guild. Very good actor. He's a character actor. Do we find out more about him and if he's okay? No, I didn't really look into that because at this stage as well, around this time, uh, Mary became pregnant. Um, and she Mary. gave she gave a birth to a son she named Valentine Michael. A son. A son Valentine is a saint as well. Nicknamed Pooh Bear. Is that, is, that, is that a thing? Much like the Disney cartoon that Jesus endorsed. <laughs> well, by not saying anything. He endorsed yeah. it by... What? Just staying out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Find me a record of Jesus saying Pooh Bear sucks. Never said it. Never said it. Great Never point. Right, so I think she was like the first of... Quite a few of them to and is Mary the have his child? Which one's Mary? The the librarian, the, the bookworm, the bookish one. Yeah. So I She's don't. She's the I, one that. I don't remember how many kids house. he had, but there was. But a even lot if of he them. has. Oh, so there's lots of. But there's eight, there, right? eighteen women, and there's no other men yet. Uh, there in the overall group there is right because if you're, if they're all your partners, God, he'd be tired. 18, women. 18 I, I girlfriends. I don't think he's being a very attentive boyfriend. Like, I don't think he's like, how was your day, Mary? Okay, you've got five minutes. I don't think I don't think he's the type of person that treats them all that well, to be perfectly honest he with you, He calls Dave. a general meeting. All right, everyone, tell me how your days were now. In unison. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and tell them one fact about you. We're going to do <laughs> and some And then come back. Because... We're going to come back. <laughs> and you present back to the person. I'm going to throw the tennis ball to one of you. If you catch it, you've got to say a fact about the person next to you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you lived that life? Yeah. <laughs> I did drama drama classes, yeah. Yeah. So lame. That's what I always hated about starting a new semester at oh, uni. It's so awful. It's like the, I don't want to do icebreaker. I just want to learn about PR or whatever I'm doing. I just want to learn what the H stands for. I, I just, just want to do I think it's nice that they, they got a little bit of sport in your drama class by throwing the tennis ball around. Yeah. Right. It, there was a lot of drop, drop ha- catches. Hand-eye coordination, very important for That's actors. so good. You got to know. Where you? In case you got to do that Novak Djokovic biopic. You got biopic. Know. I like how you said biopic there. Biopic. Yeah, that's nice. That's like a. That's like a, if you can see out of both eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. Hey, can I go on? I'm just waiting for one of you to say, "Do go on." I do go on. Thank you. <laughs> it's definitely biopic. Um, I think it is, but I say biopic. But I say wander and wonder wrong, don't I? 
I just say wonder for Apparently both that's of That's a Melbourne thing. That's a weird Melbourne <gasps> thing where we switch O's and A's and we switch a few vowels around. So we say helicopter. I say helicopter. Yeah, helicopter. But you're going to think about it now. But I wouldn't say helicopter. You just did. No. But <laughs> Why would you lie? Like, like the lie was given away in your lie. Yeah. I wouldn't say helicopter. Helicopter. It's interesting. I didn't think I did either. What do you say? Apparently, uh, it's common in Melbourne to say helicopter. Instead of? Helicopter. Helicopter. Heli. Oh, that's a helicopter. I think I say hell. Mm. Just because of the word hell. I should have asked and then we could have figured it out better. Now you know. You're probably going to make better life choices. I definitely I kind of like how we're we're finding our own accent here. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, that happens because it's a youngish city. Ours is a little bit rougher than like if you go you, you hear the Adelaide. Adelaide's very oh, posh. They're a bit more proper. Apparently, it's Chance, it's one dance. of the closest accents to the Queen's English. Yeah, I would agree. Which is interesting they, compared to other like majority of English people. All right, yeah, all right, all right, all right. What about Perth? They say Chance as well, don't they? Oh, yes, maybe, they do. and they say, but they say Derby when it, sh- it should be Derby. But then Americans say Derby. I mean, it is spelt Derby, so that makes sense. It's like maybe that's a weird wrong. switching of the vowel sound for no reason. I just think like chance, dance, France. We sound a bit rough. But when I was in France. Ireland recently, uh, I get a little bit self-conscious of the accent when I'm travelling when I'm overseas. But this. Um, a couple of people said they really like the Australian accent. One taxi driver was like, oh, I love the Australian accent. It's, it's beautiful. Really? Well, the women beautiful. especially. Yeah, he said the women especially sound oh, just so lovely. Oh, the way you dance, oh, take a chance and move to Dublin. <laughs> oh, I'm D- happy to be Dublin. driving you in my car. Dublin. Oh, the words just roll up your tongue. That's- tongue. Yeah, no, nah, we do not have a good accent. No, but I, that's what he said. I'm not. I'm like, I'm not I mean, I, I like it, it, but I wouldn't say it's lovely. I agree. I was like, we don't sound lovely at all. And then one lady, the the elderly couple I befriended at Riverdance, um, <laughs> she said, "But you don't sound too Australian." I was like, "Thank you." I think that's because people, are, the Australian accents people think are Australian accents are Americans pretending to be Australian. Yeah. You know. Like, G'day, mate. Oh, here we go on there. You know, well, the, really outback, r- rigid, really rough. But I've never said rigid edge in my life. All right, we just want to give you a little boot up the bum. That's <laughs> the Simpsons. Uh, that's a funny name. I'd have called it Chess Wasser. <laughs> Isn't it I Hoss love Wasser? that episode. Oh, yeah. what a cool. Oh, yeah, I remembered it as Chaz Wasser. Yes, Chaz okay. Wasser. Okay. Oh, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> I Fuck see you've played Knifey Spoonie before. <laughs> the Sim- is the Simpsons episode coming up anytime soon, Davey Boy? Oh, it's, 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 uh, a it's a big one. It's a big, big research project. I'm watching oh, the first ten boy. series again. Great. I'm going to like skip ahead a bit here because we haven't even got to the the main the main thing. I do want to tell you one kind of funny story about him. Oh, great, funny. Well, good. Finally, it's a little bit weird. It's it's sort of about um his like presentation of himself, if that makes sense. So basically, um. Uh, at the beach one day, this this guy that he met, um, Gary Gary Stromberg, fantastic name. He was a a young Universal Studios producer, um, and he was working on a film adaptation. He met he met um, Charles Manson, and uh, at, they were at the beach one day, and Stromberg watched while Manson preached against the materialistic outlook. Only then to be questioned about his well furnished bus. He had like this bus that he carted everybody around in. 
And so nonchalantly, he just tosses the bus keys to the doubter, who promptly drives away with it. Drives away, takes his bus. And Manson's just like, hmm, whatever, no big deal. He's like, oh, he's called me out on this. (laughs) And I'm stubborn. Yeah, and so Stromberg reckons that um, Manson had a dynamic personality with an ability to read a person's weakness and play them. So he was really manipulative. Um, uh, He must be. He's convincing all these people to do this crazy stuff. Yeah. It's not even that crazy yet, but... He just sort of does whatever it whatever it takes to get what he wants. He's yeah, he's very creepy. Um, uh, on one occasion, the enraged father of one of the runaway girls who had joined the Manson family pointed a shotgun at Manson and told him he was about to die. But Manson quietly invited him to shoot him. I was like, go ahead, man, shoot me, before talking to the man about love and with the aid of LSD, persuaded him to accept the situation. Well, I should have shot him. Should have shot him. So is the guy with the gun suddenly given LSD? Yeah. Put this in your mouth and I'll tell you all about myself. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say, hey, man. Actually, the charmingness maybe isn't a thing if he's giving LSD. Yeah, yeah, he's just drugging people. Okay, but how do you convince somebody who wants to kill you to just like sit down and talk about love for a bit? And LSD. Have else, uh, yeah, LSD. how? How do you get it to them? How do you get it in them? How do you get it in their so gut? You go, look, happy with you to shoot. Uh, happy with you shooting me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But let, obviously, that's very final. Can we just have a quick chat first? Quick chat, and then you can shoot me. Like, reasonably, it'd be hard to okay, say no to that. Okay, that's fine. You're only discussing the chat element. Okay. How do you give them the LSD? In a glass of water. Yeah. In a glass of water. Tea, maybe? Can you... Does you like, LSD I just... Got, I, got the, I got the kettle on. Would you like... That's fucking genius. I've just, I've, I've just got the kettle on. Do you want to... I've just poured myself one. Like It'd, be, you, it'd be, be awful sh- if it went cold. It'd be a shame to waste it, really. Yeah. Would be you a shame. Like, can I get you one as well? Want a cup of tea? Want a little cup of Okay, but after this, I'm going to kill you. No, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Of course. That's the plan. I, I insist. That's the plan. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I'd be offended if you didn't kill okay. me. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, yeah, let's... let's oh, uh, you put it like that. Let's have some tea. Wow, okay. Yeah, I see. So that is pretty charming. That's pretty charming, though. But I mean, I am also an evil, charming person. Oh, you're yeah. so charming. Matt knows how to manipulate people. Oh, I've seen so him charming. go. I've seen him talk him his way out of being murdered. Yeah. Several times. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird that he keeps getting in that situation to begin yeah. with. But yeah, well, here yeah. we are. You've got a murdery-looking face, you I know? And when you know you can easily get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk through life freely. I like, it's fun to get into a murdery situation. Sure. I, I search them out. Yeah, no, you must. I don't, listeners. Please, <laughs> I, I know I got murdery listeners because they keep asking for <laughs> yeah, fucked up topics. They love murders. They do, but who doesn't? Curry, caveman sitting there going, "Get to the murder, <laughs> get to the murder <laughs> bit." <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Thanks again, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's uh, here's what you were talking about earlier, Dave. So in late spring of 1968, when Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys picked up two hitchhiking Manson women. I like they're called Manson women. It's right. fucking terrifying. And Dennis the drummer, is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was the drummer of the Beach Boys. But I think they all had a sing in the harmony. They oh, they loved to sing. They all had a sing. He tinkled the ivories as well, I think. Um, anyway, so he picks up two Manson women. Tinkled meaning pissed on. He pissed on the piano. Um, <laughs> well, it was the 1960s. <laughs> Got to piss on everything. So you mark your territory. So he picks up two women, Patricia Krenwinkel, fucking great name. Oh, Patty Krenwinkel. (laughs) And Ella Jo Bailey, also a good name. 
And uh, and he brought them back to his uh, his house for a few hours. They just kind of hung out for a bit. What a day when you could be hitchhiking and a rock and roll superstar would pick you up and take you back to their place. They just hang yeah. out. I'm assuming there was probably some illicit substances taken. There was probably some booze. But they had a good time. So then he comes home to his house uh, in the early hours of the following morning um, after a, a, a night recording session. And he's greeted in the driveway of his own house by Charles Manson. <laughs> what up? Who emerged from the house. So Wilson's like, Ugh, hi. Um, and he asks, are you going to hurt me? And Manson's like, nah, man, I'm not going to hurt you totally. Just, just have this tea. So they go inside the house. Wilson discovers 12 strangers, mostly women, uh, in his house. And he's just like, all right, this is better than I thought it was going to be. They're all just sort of crashing. This is so great. Over the next few months, as their numbers doubled, the family members who made themselves part of uh, of his Sunset Boulevard household cost Wilson approximately $100,000. Wow, big money. This it? included a large medical bill for treatment of their gonorrhea. <laughs> Oh, no. And $21,000 for the accidental destruction of his uninsured car, which they borrowed. Accidental destruction. They didn't just crash it. I crashed my car the other day. Just a little little one. What? You all right? I'm fine. How bad? It's not... It drove here. He's still fine, but he's... What's your car's name again? Gary. Colin. Colin. (laughs) Gary. Similar. Colin. Colin. After Lano and Woodley? After Lano? uh, Sure. Yep. Great. Uh, but it's not going to cost me $21,000 <laughs> because the car isn't worth that anyway. But $21,000, they crashed his car. And uh, and he would, apparently though, like it seems like he kind of just liked hanging out with them. Like they'd sing and talk and, um, oh, this is so awful. So Wilson would sing with Manson. They'd like, they'd jam basically while the women were treated as servants to them both. Yeah, but only while they were jamming. Probably, yeah. Otherwise, it was a it was a very equal society. All right. So as soon as you pick up the guitar, they dropped everything. All right. The boys are playing guitar. You know what that means, ladies. We've got to get a plate of strawberries. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who's got the big fern to fan them with? <laughs> where did you put it, Sue? Where did you put the big fern? Uh, I think I left it in the in the in the John. The John. Ah, oh, thanks, Sue. I'll go uh, get it. What the fuck, Sue? Had to fan away. Someone did a big poo go on. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Sue. Appreciate that. I'm, I'm Dennis, by the way. Yeah. I'm what's, that, what's that in reference to? I don't quite get the poo go on joke. No, nah, it'll be funny in like 40 years. Though. Okay, great. Yeah, no, you're all druggies. I don't know what you're talking about, but we have a good time. We have a good time. Is Dennis... So Dennis is into it. Yeah, well, he seems to be. He paid for some studio time to record songs written and performed by Charles Manson, and he introduces him to a few business uh, entertainment biz acquaintances. What are the Beach Boys doing at this stage? Are they right, like, like right huge. in the middle of being... Oh, I was singing about the the family. Yeah, because some of them were from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. I wish they could all be California guys. Yeah, most of them are. But there's a few. There's a couple there. That aren't. Sue, for um, instance, Sue, always forgetting where the bloody fern is. Because oh, is Dennis the only one of the Beach Boys that actually surfed? I'm pretty sure that is a fact. Oh, really? But the others didn't surf. He they sang like about it. surfing and they just did. I not. didn't think any of them did. Who? Which one did? Den- the guy, the Dennis. Manson friend. He right. looks he looks like a surfer dude. Right. But th- yeah, but that is also part of their <laughs> pr- pr- promotion though. Interesting. Mm. No, I don't know. But he um, drowns. He did drown so when he was 39. That. So, I don't know, possibly surfing, possibly giving it a go for the first time. He thought he'd been living a lie for several decades. Lesson learned. Two de- two, don't two try decades. anything. 
Never do not try. try. Never, try. Never try. So the uh, the entertainment biz bigwigs that he meets are uh, Greg Jacobson, Terry Melcher, and Rudy Altabelli. Remember those last two, Terry Belcher, Rudy Altabelli, right? Because the Al- Rudy. Um, owned a house he would soon rent to actress Sharon Tate and her husband, director Roman Polanski. Not that that has any relevance, so it's fine. Um, Last time I heard those names. Totally fine. Um, So he establishes, Manson established a base for the group at, uh, I think it's Span Movie Ranch? Span? It's S-P-A-H-N. Span. Let's say Span. Um, I think it's uh, Span Horatio N. You're an idiot. That's what the H stands for. <laughs> Horatio in. Um, so, so basically, um, Wilson's manager got them evicted from his house. <laughs> so they took they go to this ranch, which was used for like film as a film set um, back in the day, but now it was kind of like it deteriorated. So they're living on the set of Bonanza, practically. Basically, it was a TV I like it. And movie. So set. Wilson eventually came to his senses, sort of thing. Kicked him out. Yeah. Get out. Satisfying, I guess. So, well, I don't know. Yeah, a bit. I mean, they haven't done anything too bad yet so yeah so far they're just a weird group of people who like to party but it was the 60s man yeah women were free love and women are all our slaves <laughs> oh, yeah okay that's terrible it was awful um so they're, they're living at this ranch and they sort of did work around the grounds and um so they were living with basically the uh, the owner who was this 80 year old guy called george span and so they didn't like they helped out around, and Manson ordered the family's women, including Lynette Squeaky from, to occasionally have sex with the nearly blind eighty-year-old owner, um, just as some sort of uh, like payment. Oh, they also the women also acted as seeing eye guides for him because he his vision wasn't good. So I mean that's kind of nice. Shock on that job. Yeah, that job's fine. That having sex with him bit's probably not great, um, or all that kind, but that's fine. So then a guy called Charles Watson soon joined the group at Spans Ranch. Now, he was a small-town Texan who'd quit college and moved to California, and he met Manson at uh, Dennis Wilson's house one night. Um, Span nicknamed Watson Tex because of his uh, Texan drawl, so Tex Watson becomes part of the gang. Is that because he doesn't want another Charles? Probably. There's too many. Tex is a great name. Tex is a great name. That's the second nickname we've had on the podcast. Remember Tex Banwell? From the uh, Second World War. Oh, the there was The guy a that kept escaping from everywhere. And at the time, did I mention that I get called Tex sometimes? Older people yeah. will call me Tex. Oh, I think, yeah. And then we, and then I told you that Tex Perkins' real name is Greg. Oh, so disappointing. We've relived it. It's great to be back. But is he really a Perkins? Yes. Greg Perkins. Greg Perkins. Fuck, it's a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have no. a great, do you have a great uncle called Greg Perkins? You'd change it to Tex, wouldn't you? Yeah. Jesus. No, great. no Greg's in my family, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We stay away from them. There's an a- We've AFL got a shitload of Johns and Phillips, but no Gregs. Phil Perks. There's an AFL footballer's nickname's uh, Tex. Tex Walker. I guess yeah, that's because Walker, Texas Ranger, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? He's got no... Yeah, he's got... I can't imagine an Adelaide Crows footballer would have any connection to Texas. You never know. You never do know, <laughs> because I'll never, find, I'll never look into it. You'll forget about it. As God is my witness. I will not look into that. Um, for some time, oh, it gets weird. For some time, Manson had been saying that racial tension between blacks and whites was growing and that blacks would soon rise up in rebellion in American cities. Um, uh, on one 
cold night. I think it was New Year's Eve um, at, at, uh, at one of the ranches. They, they, they sort of spread out across a couple of ranches. They moved around a little bit. Um, so the family members were all gathered around outside a large fire and Manson was explaining that the social turmoil he'd been predicting had also been predicted by the Beatles. So he thought that the White Album songs um, told it all, although in code. In fact, he maintained that the album was directed at the family itself, who were um, an, an elite group that was being instructed to uh, preserve the worthy from the impending disaster. So he's like, the Beatles are onto it too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't bring the Beatles into this. Yeah, that's awful. So what you've got to do is like list, look for the messages in between the lyrics, but when they say things like peace and love, ignore that Ignore bit. that. They're being ironic. Yeah. So it's, mean the it's opposite, opposite day. <laughs> it's, op- it's opposite day, whatever they say. So really, we don't... All you not need is hate. Mm-hmm. So, so once again, love. We need love. That's what that means. Ah, damn it. Don't. Okay. Wait. Ugh, hang on. No, I'm wrong. Okay. So all you... Need well, all you need is what's the opposite of need is want. All you want is hate. There we go. There it is. All you want is hate. All you want is hate. Da, da. But all, opposite of all is nothing. Nothing you want is hate. Nothing. Nothing they want. Nothing they want. Nothing they want is hate. So nothing no, they want no, no, is no, hate. No, no. So they don't want nothing hate. Nothing they want. So is let's give hate. them hate. And I'm not 100 percent sold that mm-hmm. want is the opposite of need. Nothing they want but is look. hate. Hate. Hate is all we, they, nothing want. Yeah. Oh, God. So, God, it's okay. catchy, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I've j- I only just heard that message then. I've got to go kill some cunts. <laughs> 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 all right, bye. <laughs> I guess the Beatles told me to. Well, yeah. I'm going to kill some cunts. Um, we got to stop saying that. No, nah, it's pretty funny. I, right. I can imagine being in the context where you've been having, like, you've been partying. The leader's a bit crazy, says some weird stuff, but then suddenly you're at a bonfire and he's saying the Beatles want to kill it. You'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I I'm thought... In, I'm in one of those situations. I thought he was a bit, you know, yeah, kooky, I thought, Yeah, but, but I thought we were just going to do a lot of drugs and have fun. Charlie's weird. <laughs> and then you, you're too far in. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm too deep now. Yeah, I've got to go along stuck. with it. You're stuck. There was another Beatles reference as well in that they... um. They uh, got out of the cold of the desert and they put themselves um, moving closer into LA and they were they were staying in this canary yellow home. So um, Manson called it the Yellow Submarine, which is another Beatles reference. Uh, so fucking weird. And also because their, their, their location would allow the group to remain submerged betwi- beneath the awareness of the outside world. <laughs> no one will find us in this yellow house. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. We'll blend in. Um, so they they prepared for the impending apocalypse. They thought this is what's going to happen. There's always an apocalypse coming with these cults. Yeah, I th- it's a, it's a good motivator to get people to do motivator. what you want. That's true. And he termed the um the apocalypse helter skelter after the Beatles, Beatles song. song. So he's kind of closely affiliated with helter skelter now, which is awful because the Beatles deserve better than that. Yeah, it kind of ruined that song. A bit. Yeah. Wasn't my favourite anyway, though. To be honest, yeah. if it was like uh, the apocalypse, Blackbird, I'd be like, no, <laughs> I love that song. Anyway, um, so by February, Manson's vision was complete. The f- they decided that they were going to um, uh, create an album of songs as subtle as those of the Beatles that would trigger the predicted chaos. So they're going to write some trigger songs. <laughs> 
it's not funny. But it does sound a bit like when you're fucked. 13 years old in a band in a garage and you think these songs are going to change the world. Mm-hmm. It does feel a bit like that. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. It's so funny that they thought, like, but the beat, do they think the Beatles songs are doing that? Yeah. And they decided okay. that once, once all this uh, tension arose and the apocalypse started, that they were going to um, ride out the conflict in the bottomless pit, which was a secret city beneath Death Valley. That sounds like a good spot to hang. It sounds like a good spot to hang. There's a secret city there. Apparently. Oh. So while the family members worked on vehicles and poured over maps to prepare for their desert escape, they also worked on songs for their world-changing album. When they were told that Terry Melcher, who's one of the um, big entertainment biz dudes, he's a music producer. Terry Belcher. Melcher. Hmm. He was going to come to the house to hear their material. So they're like, sweet, we've got all our songs ready. Um, and the w- women prepared a meal and they cleaned up the place, but Melcher never arrived. <gasps> oh, dear. Was he actually ever booked or? Yeah, like they said, hey, come along, and, and he didn't. But maybe but maybe it, he just it, got it, the dates but, wrong. But was it a Charles lie? I mean, or did, but did he actually tell well, him? Well, yeah, an- he came another time. All right, that's good. But uh, so... So he doesn't come that time. So on March 23rd in 1969, Manson, uninvited, went to uh, Melcher's house. He's like, I'm just going to go go to his house. Um, but it was actually Rudy Altabelli's property that Melcher had like rented out, but he wasn't the tenant anymore. As of that February, the tenants were Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski. Oh. That is unlucky. So Manson was met at the door by... Um, a photographer friend of Sharon Tate. Um, his name was Sh- uh, Shaharok Hatami. Hatami was there to photograph Tate in advance of her departure for Rome the next day. Having seen Manson through a window as he sort of came up to the house, he sort of went to the front door and was like, hey, man, what's up? Um, and Manson said he was looking for someone and Hatami didn't recognise the name. So he said, oh, no, this is the Polanski residence. Um, maybe try the back alley because there was like a guest house around the back. So he said, try, try around there if you're looking for somebody. Um, but then he was like, that's a bit weird. There's just a stranger wandering around. Um, and that I've invited him in exactly. to the back. Hey, go to the neighbor's Thanks, place. photographer, you fucking idiot. Oh. So Charles Manson goes around the back and then just like is uh, gone for a couple of minutes, comes back and leaves. Okay. So he's left the house. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's totally fine. Okay, thank God. I thought <laughs> I thought something bad was about to happen. That evening, Manson returned to the property <sighs> and again went back to the guest house, presuming um, to enter the enclosed porch. He spoke with Rudy Altabelli, who was there. He'd just come out of the shower. And although Manson was asking for Melcher, Altabelli felt that Charles had come looking for him as well. So he's just sort of like out to get these record execs now. Who knows? Um and uh, um, so he, he tells him, oh, I don't know where uh, Melcher lives now. Uh, he, he's moved away. Um, so they, they, But they kind of knew each other. Like Manson and Altabelli had met before. So he was kind of like, hey, Charles, good to see you, I guess. Thanks for turning up at my house at midnight. Yeah. So that was really weird. So then, um, then Manson's sort of doing like, hey, so we're making some music. If you want to, like, I don't know, give us a record label or something, that'd be pretty sick. And Altabelli's like, oh, man, I'm, go- I'm leaving the country tomorrow. Manson's like, cool, well, what about when you get back? And he's like, oh, I'm going for a year. <laughs> I'm going for 10 years. He wasn't going for a year. Um but eventually, so he knew this guy knew it was on him that he was a bit fucked. Yeah, he was like, "This guy's a bit strange and turning up to my house late at night." Yeah, and like, don't bother my tenants in the main house, please. Yeah, 
Um, so that's just a little, that's a little bit strange. So then on, um, in May of that year, so a couple of months later, Terry Melcher did go to the ranch and, uh, and he heard Charles Manson and the women sing and, um, he arranged another visit not long after and he brought a friend who, uh, had like a mobile recording unit. So they recorded a few of their songs just to, you know, get the ball rolling on their world changing album. Um, by June, Manson was telling the family that they might have to show the the blacks how to start Helter Skelter. So he's like, we've got to start, like, start the uprising. Oh, oh right. Wait. So he's he's saying that they're going to have to show black Americans. Is it? It's an yeah. American thing. How yeah. To... Yeah. So it's <laughs> just. Yeah, it's funny that I, I'm still surprised how uh, bizarre bizarre he is. He's so, yeah. so strange. I'm not following his train of thought here. <laughs> it's almost like there is no real train. It is almost like that. Toot toot. So there's a couple of um, uh, like <laughs> it's gonna be so flippant there. There's a couple of murders, um, but <laughs> but what? the the main one that obviously they're the most famous for is the night of the. August 8th in 1969 when um, Manson directed Tex, uh, Tex Watson to take Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian and Patricia Krenwinkel. That's who the band Kasabian are named after. Yes. Oh. That is true, which is yeah. creepy. Yeah. Um, he said to go to Melcher's former home and kill everyone there. Just go to... But he's not there, Charles. He's isn't... not there. He sends them... Kill, kill everyone there. Who is there? It's um, just the Roman Polanski and whoever. Uh, Sharon Tate. With uh, she had like four friends. There was only five people. Oh. Only five. Has, people. Any, has Jesus, anyone Jeff. died? This is these are the first murders they've done. No, there was a couple before that. Um, this is sort of the one they were most famous for, though. All right. Uh, and then. Um, but over the like the years that were all the fifties, and he hadn't killed anyone until this point. No, I don't think so. A weird turn. Yeah. So yeah, they and and the attacks were always kind of out of nowhere. So this was just that they were living in the house of someone that used to live there, yeah. who he's mad at for no apparent reason. Right. So it's uh, super strange. Oh. And the the murders are quite brutal. Like I I was reading about a couple of them, and I was like, I probably don't need to put that into the report. That's and all five of them get murdered, do they? Yeah, they all get murdered. Yeah, and then they um they write. They wrote pig in blood on the front of the door as they left. There was a couple of references. They'd either write Helter Skelter or they'd write pig. A few Beatles references, like the song Piggies. Yeah, Piggies. So they'd, um, yeah, I don't know, because obviously that album was inciting the apocalypse. Um, it's just pretty, it's pretty messed up. Um, the next night on August 9th, um, six family members, um, the four from the night before, and they also took Leslie Van... Houghton and Steve Grogan, who went by Clem, doesn't make sense. Um, they rode out and um, they they just sort of went driving, like they just went. They didn't really have a plan on where they were going to go, but they were just going to go on on a murder. And after a few hours driving around, in which he considered a number of murders and even attempted one or two of them, Manson gave Kasabian directions that brought the group um, to an address on Waverley Drive. This was the home of supermarket executive Lino La, um, Labianca and his wife Rosemary, who was a dress shop co-owner. Um, 
uh, so they like it was next to so this house was next to a house that they'd attended a party at earlier in the year. And that's the connection. That's the connection. They'd been to a house party. That, Had they complained about the noise or something? Nah. And like they, so they murdered this guy and his wife, um, Lena Lebianca and his wife Rosemary. Again, that's where I sort of read in great detail about the. Murder and I was like, oh, that doesn't need to go in. Oh, is it pretty? It's just, it's really brutal. So and they're doing this to try and kick off an a like a a race yeah. war. I don't. I just, how is that going to start a race? <laughs> well, war? there was a couple of instances, and I, I'm I'm remembering this rather than reading it, where they would sort of be like, oh, we'll take Rosemary's wallet and we'll leave it in like a black neighbourhood. And so that way, like a you know a black kid will find it and use the credit cards, and, then and it'll look like, like they did the murder. Look like they did it. Oh my god, that is awful. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was already awful. Yeah, yeah. but then like yeah, framing it on other innocent people, it's just so so strange. Um, so the Tate murder obviously became huge news. Um, the Polanski's housekeeper Winifred had arrived for work that morning and discovered the murder scene. Um, on August tenth, detectives. Um, were investigating the La Bianca murders as well, but they hadn't put them together. They were just like two different murders that had happened. Um, it's kind of weird. The La Bianca crime scene was discovered at about 10.30pm on the 10th of August. Um, it says approximately 19 hours after the murders were committed. Uh, 15-year-old Frank Struthers, Rosemary's son from a prior marriage and Lino's stepson, returned from a camping trip and was disturbed by seeing all the window shades of his home drawn and by the fact that his stepfather's speedboat was still attached to the family car in the driveway. So he calls his sister and her boyfriend and the boyfriend um, sort of takes them into the house and they discover their parents' bodies. It's really messed up. I just don't understand the speedboat thing. So, like, he's like, that's weird that they haven't detached the boat from the car. The car's just parked in the drive with the boat still attached. But were they attacked mid-boat? Oh, who knows? Maybe they just got back from a trip, hadn't attached the boat yet. You know when you get used to your parents' routines? Yeah, I guess so. So you'd be like, mm, that's weird. Dad would always oh, detach surprised the boat had, straight away. It's amazing that you had the foresight to know that something had gone. You'd, I think you'd know. Just have a feeling, I guess. You'd have a feeling getting back to your own house, especially your parents' place. You'd be like, something's not right here. Ugh. Very strange. Awful, 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 awful. Keeping it light. Okay, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to make this bit funny. Sorry, I know. Everyone. It's hard to make Sorry, any of it all that funny, to be perfectly honest. And I'll, um, you know, we've been going a while, so I'll just sort of keep powering through. Eventually, they connected some of the earlier murders with the, with the Tate murder. And so they, they sort of went looking for the Manson family and they'd kind of moved around. And like they said before, they're going to live in the underground city and wait for the apocalypse. So uh, there was a joint force between the National Park Rangers and officers of the Highway Patrol, uh, the Sheriff's Office. Um, they raided uh, the Myers Ranch and Barker Ranch, which were a couple of ranches that they were often staying at. Um, uh, and they followed clues unwittingly left by the family members, uh, like a burned-out earth mover. <laughs> and they found stolen dune buggies and other vehicles and arrested two dozen people, including Charles Manson. A highway patrol officer found Manson hiding in a cabinet beneath a sink in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, dear. Which is a good place to hide, I feel. I'll, I, it doesn't, I don't really need to go over the... Um, like all their trials and and everything like that. There's a couple of like weird little things like um, Manson tried to represent himself in court 
That feels like something he'd do. That feels like something he would do. And then... Um, and just bring out, like, Beatles lyrics. Yeah, we'll say... Like, Your Honour. <sighs> arrest my case. <laughs> so the judge was William Keane, and he sort of reluctantly granted Manson permission to act as his own attorney. I thought you were about to say bail, and I was like, no, no that cannot happen. Because he was already, like, because of his conduct in court, he was just, like, so he was so outlandish and nonsensical that um, they took away that permission. They're like, no, you crazy. So then, like, the next day, <laughs> he filed an affidavit of prejudice against that judge, who was then replaced by a different judge, Charles H. Older, Charles Horatio, Horatio Older. Older. Thank you. Um, so on Friday, July 24th, the first day of testimony, Manson appeared in court with an X carved into his forehead. He um, issued a statement that he was considered inadequate and incompetent to speak or defend himself and had X'd himself from the establishment's world. Oh. He's like, you won't let me speak for myself. I'm not going to be one of your little chess pieces. He said, uh, Your Honour. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> and they're like... And he's, yeah, and he's a free man still to free this man, day. just because of that. Yeah, they're like... We've got no comeback. <laughs> the defence rests. So he's uh, carved an X into his head. Over the following weekend, the female defendants duplicated the mark on their own foreheads, as did most family members within another day or so. Years later, he turned his into a swastika. So, you know, you've still got things to look forward to, Dave. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, but then years after that, he turned it into a little house. With a chimney. Yeah, it's nice. A little picket fence out the front. I might... Um, Sounds much more appealing. I might kind of wrap up with a few sort of weird things. So, um, just in terms of like his his followers. Um, so during the trial, family members loitered near the entrances and corridors of the courthouse. Um, to keep them out of the courtroom itself, the prosecution subpoenaed them as prospective witnesses who would not be able to enter while others were testifying. Um, when the group itself uh, established uh, like a vigil on the sidewalk, some members wore a sheathed hunting knife. Oh. They, wore, they, wore they were just holding knives. And they all had the X on their foreheads. They're just ho- like holding hunting knives, which is which makes sense. Um, some family members to, attempted to dissuade witnesses from testifying. Prosecution witness Paul Watkins and and Juan Flynn were both threatened. Um, Watkins was badly burned in a suspicious fire in his van. Ooh, former former family member Barbara Hoyt, um, who had overheard Susan Atkins describing the Tate murders to the family member to another family member, Ruth Ann Morehouse, agreed to comp- uh, to accompany um, Ruth to Hawaii. She's like, yeah, cool, let's go to Hawaii. And then Morehouse gave her a hamburger spiked with several doses of LSD to try and, like, silence her, or probably try to kill her. She was found sprawled on the Honolulu curb in a drugged stupor and was taken to hospital. Um, but then, like, I-, I don't think she kind of went on to... Um, Great things. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to do much. Oh, I don't think she um, like went on to be a witness in the case or anything because oh, super creepy, super super creepy. Um, on October five, Manson was denied the court's permission to question a prosecution witness whom the defence attorney had had declined to cross-examine. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do the questioning. If you won't talk to her. I will. <laughs> yeah, sit down, Charles. He's just. A, terrifying person um so he's sort of become like 
Yeah, he's like a really fascinating. People are obsessed with him, are fascinated by him. There's still to this day, he's 80 years old and in prison, and he's still uh, like there's still articles written about him in interviews. And um, I was reading one interview in like Rolling Stone where um, this young girl who's like 24 and like had had a really good upbringing, like a, a, quite a Christian upbringing as well, but was now like living at the at his ranch still. He was Christian too, weren't you saying? Yeah. He, he believed he was Jesus. He believed he was. So maybe that, that makes what, sense. So he still has a ranch that people live at? He still has like followers and she visits him every weekend and they spend like five hours together and she has a swastika, or not swastika, but she has like the X marked, well, it might be swastika, X marked in her head and stuff like that. And it's, it's still, and she's That's like modern. she's like 25 and he's 80 and it's it's fascinating and terrifying. And I obviously do not have any fun facts. <laughs> right, but he's still in jail. He's in jail forever. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, they were given, they were all given the death penalty, but then the death penalty was taken away. So there's like life sentences. So any, like five of them were all convicted and, and life sentences. Are they all still kicking? I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. So if they I all didn't are. know any of the other names. No, Manson definitely is, but. Um, yeah, Kasabian. It's interesting. I didn't know that about the Kasabian. Yeah, band. I read that. Uh, read that this morning. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, weird choice. There's um in like there's a couple of famous interviews. There's one that was like in 1989. Uh, Nicholas Schreck conducted an interview with Manson, um, and he cut the interview up as part of like a um a documentary called Charles Manson Superstar, and he concluded that Manson was not insane, but merely acting that way out of frustration. Oh, yeah. You know what I do when I'm frustrated? I plan murdering heaps of people. Start a weird cult. Oh. Find, find meanings in places that they're definitely not <laughs> They're definitely meaning. not there. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. What's that? What's that, John? An uprising. So that was a bit of a weird one. but um, That is. Uh, and, uh, and at the end of that, I've decided to n- withdraw my aspirations of becoming a cult leader. Yeah, I think that's fair. But... Probably not the best aspirations to have. Well, I mean, you know. I like certain elements of it, just like hanging out. Um, yeah. That's probably I like the, the sense of community. I think the I'd, community feel. I also really like my own space, though. I think yeah, I'd probably prefer, the tough prefer to start like a book club or something. Yeah. yeah if you could just meet. Right. Meet like, once a know, week, like, once a even, month. Or you know, yeah, bi-monthly or. Yeah, that'd be fine. Bi-annually okay even. I like a lot of my own time. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of times a year. Yeah. There's and it Christmas, takes me a while to read a novel. At, so. at Christmas. I mean, that's probably what I do with my my relatives, really. Yeah. We meet up once a year at Christmas and we're our own little cult. Yeah, no, I think it's just a family. Yeah, Although family. they were the Manson family. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm part of a family. <gasps> I see a little too much of myself in the man. But not the Nazi stuff. Interesting. Interesting that you feel the need to take that out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Corey, <laughs> thank you for your suggestion. Yeah, you've ruined my day. Curry yeah. Caveman. Caveman Curry. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank uh, Corey. you. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, thanks for appreciate that. So that's only come through once. I, feel, I, I thought that might have been a multi suggestion. There's definitely another one that was like, more serial killers, or I like the oh, there's killer There's multiple killer, killer people out there. So far, 
what's is so, there, have you guys done any because I've done H H Holmes and now I've done Manson. Am I'm not I, I'm not into it really. Am I the sick one in this group? I think so. But I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you're doing it because you're sort of appeasing like I feel like that, that that's a reason for a crazy person to kill us is not talking about killers enough. Right. Yeah. You feel like? Like you're Jess does the killers. Every three months you bring one in, so I think uh, Dave does the mysteries. Ooh, yeah. What do you which do? Which I like. I do the frivolous thing. <laughs> Elvis last week. Now, Matt, You're so frivolous. Now, Matt does the ambitious ones from the hat. You pick a topic and then halfway through go, oh. Yeah. Mine are normally just, yeah. j- just plucked out of the hat. Plucked. You're at random. I love it. I, I love really it. don't want to pluck out a seat. I, I don't think I want to get, like, yeah. What you've that... had to do, just delve into it. I'm I'm not keen on that at all. Would yeah. you prefer to, is that the only th- time you'll put a topic back in the hat as if it's too I never I never put them back in. Never put them back in. Never go back. Never go back. Never I, go back the hat, the hat rules. Well, if you want to get in the hat, of course you can contribute your serial killers and other interesting ideas that we could do topics on. At yeah, give us some non-serial killer yeah, ideas. That'd be great. We've had, a f- we got a, f- we got enough in the hat. Mystery so ones are the best. Mysteries are cool, <laughs> but there will just be a mystery podcast, which is cool. But I really want Dave to do the fucking Simpsons. Well, right. it's the biggest mystery of all. Will Dave do the oh. Simpsons? Do uh, at Twitter, we are on there, of course, at Do Go On Pod. And we also tweet out uh, photos and other silly little things that we also do on our Facebook page. So it's worth um, getting involved and oh, following us there. It's worth it. It definitely is. Oh, well yeah. worth it. Oh, worth the some, click. There's some but it's not fire just, content. <laughs> it's, it's not just, hey, here's the new episode. There's some other little silly things that we and do in there. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and things that we mention on the episode, we often do remember to post the Sometimes photos of. It's like we're building a little community. Oh, like no. Like a little, little family. Yeah. That we could move to a ranch somewhere. In Ohio. Ohio. It'd have That's to be Ohio. Yeah. It has to be Ohio. Ohio, start looking out for some uh, ranches. So if you could sort of... Uh, Link us to any ranches that are for rent. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> do go on pod at gmail.com is the other thing you can uh, get in contact with us. Or you could just say hello to us on the street. Don't do that. We are very uh, socially awkward. I'm jumpy. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Stabbed another listener. Oh, God. I also carry a hunting I know. I think it's okay to say hello to Dave in the street. Um, I... <laughs> Okay. I don't know if at the end of this serial killer episode I want to do it, but I'm doing a, doing a fringe show this week. Uh, tonight right. would have been the... Th- today's the third one. This is You're listening to this the day it comes out on Wednesday. Where can we see it, Matt? <laughs> That's what we're all wanting to know. It's on 8.30 uh, nightly at the Courthouse Hotel, which is a cool pub in North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of nice beers on tap. And they do cocktails. If I sell out a show, they'll name a cocktail after me for the run of the show. Oh, that's cool. Which hopefully I've, I'll do one night. They did it's not do that last year. No, this is a new. It's a new. I think thing. you should you should ask to ask to call it the Manson Family Mojito. <gasps> no, I don't think so. Or the Do Go On Garita. I think it's going to be. Na- <laughs> 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 I think it's going to be named after the show, which is called Pretty Dry. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty, pretty dry, dry martini. Yeah, but that's okay. That's great. Um, yeah, you guys are going to come one night, right? We definitely are. Absolutely. That's going to be fun. But once again, do not talk to us in real life. Oh, God, don't. If you do, even if you do like audience participation with us, I'll get up and kill you. I'm going to chat to you guys oh, for sure. Speaking of uh, which, how good was that tweet or Facebook comment that someone said that they thought my voice doesn't match <laughs> my face? It was on uh, on First Date yeah, with Jess. You, you oh, yeah, Jess's like big surfer. web series, they said I sound like a six foot tall Australian surfer guy. So One come, of those is right. So come and meet me in real person. Australian, Australian guy. Yeah. <laughs> Australian, that's right. 
And, and yeah, come meet Dave and be bitterly disappointed. Yeah, that's right. I'm a small, small man. Aww. We talk about that a lot. I know. We do a lot. We do talk about my. But maybe they think we're being ironic. We're not. <laughs> He's small. He little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the corner. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you or you'll hear from us next week. For the big 50th. Oh. We're not doing anything special. Oh. <laughs> Unless. I might bring you a cupcake. Let's hope hope we don't get struck down in our prime. We'll make it to 50. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Later.